Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. Hello. How's that L chain treating you? It's heavy. Did you do anything exciting with the L chain this weekend? You want the truth? Yeah. No. You stayed, you were home all weekend. I mean, not all weekend. But if you think, you know, going to the grocery store is exciting. Did you, I, did, I, did you, did you wear the L chain to the grocery store? Of course, Joe. And but, no one, no one questioned it. Well, I went to Trader Joe's around the new one in Dixie Heights. Shout out to my Northern Kentucky people. Went there about eight o'clock last night. There's probably five people. Trader, Trader Joe's is full of woke people. They were probably like, yeah, a white guy taking an L for once. Finally, it's about time. Well, I, I did something last night that I've never done and very regretful. And I'm going to tweak this out to ask for others' opinions. And we'll start with yours. I, I bought a new bag of these Carolina barbecue gold chips at Trader okay. Joe's. I've been eyeing them. They look good. Anyway, I came home, smoked a bowl. I was really hungry. I ate an entire bag of chips. Never done that. Not not a small bag. I mean, not the biggest, but like a seven ounce, a big size bag. I I couldn't stop. I ate the entire bag. I just couldn't stop. And they, I'd never had these chips, and they tasted great. And I just kept eating. And then when I got to three fourths through, I said, "Why? Why even stop now? You, you've already destroyed the dump you're going to take in the morning when you wake up. You've already you've already you've reached the past past the point of no return." And I was thinking, like, uh, that would be up there. Not that it was the worst decision, but that would be one of the most reckless, high high food decisions I've made. One of the most reckless. Well, just like who eats a whole bag of chips? Stone stone people do all the time. Make a sandwich, you know, do something with some sustenance. Cook something. Throw a frozen, like, I should have just thrown a, I had a frozen pizza from Trader Joe's, too. I should have just thrown that in the oven, but like, I don't know, just something about a whole bag of chips. It's pretty reckless. It's pretty reckless. Open my window here, Andy. Like, do you know, can you think of something that where you were stoned and you made a completely reckless decision? Yeah, except I wouldn't, uh, you know, I don't think, I think I've made enough reckless decisions in my life that eating a whole bag of chips isn't the... I don't look, think well, look obviously in the scheme of the bad decisions that I've made, this pales in comparison. I've done it's very, way- it's very, it's very 2021 Andy of you now, now that you're spending your days, you know, going to amusement parks and sifting through your parents' old boxes in your house, a, a bag of chips is about as reckless as it gets. It's pretty reckless. Funny, funny. You bring up sifting through. I'm going to show this right now on camera. I know. A 1975 Game 3 Cincinnati Reds, Boston Red Sox 
World Series ticket stub. Pretty awesome. Not going to lie. There's two of them. And uh, I was really stoked when I found this. I, I knew my dad went to the 75 World Series. And that's arguably one of the best ever. It's the seven-game Reds, Red Sox, game six. As we all know, the infamous walk-off home run. I'm gonna. It was that was Carlton Fisk or was that just Trevor? That was Fisk. Yeah, I thought it was Fisk. Okay, and he's he's doing this to stay fair, stay fair. Infamous series. What I did not know was this game, game three, had a hugely controversial one of the most controversial calls in World Series history as well. Did you know that? No. This is this is a tip from Matty Goldberg. This is the Ed Armbrister game. So I can't show it because of Maddie was 12 at the time. He's like, I remember watching <laughs> in my parents' house. Ed Armbrister. 12. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes, he was born in 1963. Right. So, so it's. Boston comes My parents, back. I, you know, I grew up in Woodstock. I was six at the first Woodstock. <laughs> I went with my dad. We played catch. <laughs> I remember it was Jimi Hendrix was playing the national anthem, and me and my dad were having a catch. Unbelievable. So <laughs> Man, if you're not watching this on YouTube, you're not getting the full experience because Prano is doing a full routine right now with his body expressions. So yeah. it's game three, right? In Riverfront's the old Riverfront Stadium here in Cincinnati. Boston puts up two in the ninth to tie it. So you head to the bottom of the 10th. It's 5-5. Five, five. Red's got guys in first and second. And Ed Armbrister bunts. I'll, I'll be curious after you watch this because I've watched this now like 10 times. He bunts and he runs, but the bunt is so close to home plate and he starts to run to first, but he gets in Fisk's way and then he backs off. So it's, it's, it's the controversial, was it or wasn't it runner interference? Fisk tries to throw the ball, which is another controversial play. Instead of just tagging the runner, He's going mm -hmm. for the double play and he throws the ball. I forget to second or third and uh, he's safe. I think it was Johnny bench. So basically the reds ended up getting uh, it was, it was an errant throw and basically the reds end up getting a run and they win that game. But like, it's hugely controversial. You got to watch it after the podcast. What you're going to say it was probably runner interference and it looks like it, but then it, are you watching I mean, it? I, I'm literally watching it right now. Okay. I mean, technically it looks like runner interference, but kind of not. Cause like it would have been runner interference if he went in front of him, but he like stops going in front. That's of him. what I'm saying. What was the call? No call, no call. And then so I'm watching again. He bunts, he's about to run, but then he does. I, I mean, I think, I mean, I guess, I guess the thing would be, runner interference either way but like i don't know i, I don't know if i make that call if i'm the um that's what i'm saying is also, the runner, can't he run to first base that's what i was gonna ask so the runner's not allowed to run if they bunt it that close 
in the field. But even that, he stopped. Like, if he had run, he would have been more interference. I'm going no call. How you do you make no call? Which is what happened. And again, the Reds win that game. Prano's just trolling me now. But like I didn't know you didn't know about that, did you? Like that's a no, huge no. I've, a, I now that now that I've seen it, now that I watched it, I've I've obviously seen the clip before, but it was not something that stood out to me. I'm 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 blissfully unaware of everything that happened in sports before I was born. Yeah. I so, mean, for the most part, you know, you obviously see some things, you know some things, but like Maddie's the kind of guy who's like 41 World Series champions, the Dodgers, 42 World Series. And you're like, okay, but why do you need this knowledge? Yeah. I mean, he Maddie, knew, right? who was the World Series champion 38? He's like, everybody knows it was the Boston Braves. Yeah. I knew he'd get a kick out of that, especially being a Sox fan, having that ticket stub. He instantly texted back the infamous Ed Armbrister game. I'm like, I literally was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was watching in my dorm room at SUNY Albany. <laughs> Speaking with the SUNY purchase. Yeah, so I uh I bet I bet Goldberg remembers more. If my dad was still around, I bet he remembers more than my dad. Tenth inning. Yeah. God knows how many beers deep my dad is. I want to know who he took to the game, though. I could have sworn he told me growing up. I knew he went to the game. I could have sworn he told me growing up, he took my oldest brother, Elliot, but there's no way because my brother was born in December of 73. There's no way he's got a less than two-year-old Adam with this game. There's just yeah. no way. There's no way. So, so who knows? But I think these are decent seats too. They're Plaza box. And I try to look it up. Here's the best part. They're $15 tickets. It's great. And uh, I, I ordered a case to keep them, keep them covered. Nice. Yeah. We'll, we'll decide. I have a feeling maybe only one of the other brothers will be have interest in these. We'll go to my collection. I got my 90 World Series ticket stub. Starting a business here. You'll now, add your 2021 World Series stub. Yeah, not really. No, zero, zero, zero consistency. Although the Padres keep losing, as do the Reds. So it's like nobody yeah. wants that final wild card spot. But we can segue to your team. Mm-hmm. Thumbs down. Uh, yes, the 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 Mets. I mean, this it's same old Mets. LOL Mets. Like, I don't even have a problem with the with the inspiration. I don't have a problem with the backstory. I kind of the only thing I really have a problem for people who don't know is the Mets have been doing when they get on base, when they hit a home run or whatever, a a number of the Mets, not all of them, a number of the Mets have been doing this thumbs down thing, which, first of all, like, let's just start with the Yankees had a thumbs down thing like three or four years ago. So, like, the idea that we're doing a thumbs down, like, that's just anything but be some Yankee spinoff celebration. Right. So that's already annoying. And I hated it when I first started seeing it and I didn't know what was behind it. The other thing is they're doing it because apparently Lindor and Baez have decided that if the fans are going to boo them when they do something bad, when they do, when these guys do something good, they're going to sort of give a thumbs down to the fans, which I don't even care 
if this is what their inspiration is, like, I don't even care if this is why they're doing it, but maybe just don't share it with people. Like, why are you, and of all the people to make the decision to share it, Javi Baez is the guy, bro. You got here a month ago. You've done literally nothing. You've been out more than half the time with injury. Like you're a rental. And now like, I just, it, to me, it's, it's kind of a slap in the face. Also, it just kind of shows you're too soft for New York because you've been there a month and you're already upset with the fans treatment. Like how in God's name would we ever offer you a contract this off season? If you can't handle criticism for batting 200 for two weeks and being out for three weeks. And one of the worst swings I've ever seen on that swing and a miss last week or whatever it was. And then you have Lindor. He's, he's booing fans who are booing him for getting $314 million hitting 200 and not, and being out half the season. It just seems like it just seems really soft for the guys who are doing it to be doing it. Pete Alonzo's hit a hundred homers since he joined the Mets two and a third seasons ago. If and and he's the one that has to get trotted out every time they lose to put some positive spin on it. If Pete Alonzo was doing it, that's one thing, but obviously he's not going to be the guy that's saying it. If Jacob deGrom is like, guys, what do you want me to do? Every time I take the mound, I'm the best pitcher in baseball. And then you're going to boo me if I have a bad start. Like, shame on you. But these two guys who one of them has literally been brought in solely to, like, help the other guy mentally. And they're hitting a combined 200 and have both missed the majority of their time in New York on the injured list. Like, just seems so fucking soft to me. And I'm, by the way, I'm a Mets fan who has booed very few Mets in my in my history. I booed Roger Cedeno. I know that very clearly. I hated Cedeno. He was just such a lazy and shitty player. I booed Armando Benitez back in the day because the guy couldn't get fucking anybody out. But like, I'm not the kind of guy who goes to the ballpark and boos people. And I think fans who do are shitty. But don't sign a $314 million contract in New York. If you don't want to deal with people booing you, it's kind of as simple as that. Yeah. Like, especially not, in New York. Do we not know that New Yorkers will boo you if you don't play well? Yeah. Yeah. So this is the statement from Mets president, Sandy Alderson. In a post-game press conference today, Javi Baez stated that his thumbs-down gesture during the game was a message to fans who recently have booed him and other players for poor performance. These comments and any gestures by him or other players with a similar intent are totally unacceptable and will not be tolerated. Mets fans are understandably frustrated over the team's recent performance. The players and the organization are equally frustrated, but fans at City Field have every right to express their own disappointment. Booing is every fan's right. The Mets will not tolerate any player gesture that is unprofessional in its meeting or is directed in a negative way towards our fans. I will be meeting with our players and staff to convey this message directly. Mets fans are loyal, passionate, knowledgeable, and more than willing to express themselves. We love them for every one of these qualities. So he 100% has the fans back here. Yeah, and and again, my 
my issues are first of all in Baez's statement he said like booing us just adds pressure like bro what like it's I, I I'm concerned with your mental fortitude if you're even letting fans like raise the amount of pressure you have you you came here in a trade in your contract year to a team that was fighting for a playoff spot, you have plenty of like the fans are the ones giving you pressure. And then the idea again, like I don't care what they like uh, the, the thumbs down other than it being a Yankees thing doesn't bother me. Just like you're so soft for sharing it. Yeah. You're so I, look, soft for sharing that you're, this is why I don't want to go like, full- you, I, I just just going like the fans are hurting my feelings. I was I don't want to go full boomer, but to me, it's this generation of athletes pretty soft. Like like it, as far as that's it, soft. I don't want to say soft is in like uh, like physically. Does that make sense? Like 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 you're, you're you're soft mentally in in that regard of you're look the fans are booing you. And like you said, it's especially it's going to happen in New York more than anywhere. You're going to have the most critical fans of any team. But it's not even been that bad. They're not even like it's not like this is they're not even getting booed that much. It's like an occasional booing. Like it just seems really fucking soft to me, like like incredibly soft that it would even affect you. And then extra soft that you are gonna say it that you're gonna say it seems so soft to me like to to give to give like that much thought and and effort into like the fans reaction of you it just seems really really fucking weak and you know what Lindor started off shitty and got hot and my whole thing was as long as the Mets are in first place and he's playing shitty like I love it because at some point he's going to turn it around. But what this says to me is like, wow, did we make a bad decision giving a guy $314 million who's has been broken by the fans in year one. Like, yeah. dude, maybe you, maybe you're a guy who can perform in Cleveland and you're a guy who can't perform in New York. It, you wouldn't be the first guy ever that just the stage was just too damn big for you. And I don't think that's the case. Like when, when he started out poorly, I didn't think that was the case. I didn't think it was, Oh, he can't handle New York, but this makes me think it. Cause now you're, you're just basically admitting you hear the fans. They're affecting your day. But but to me, that goes back to, again, I, I think, I think, I think this generation more than ever, Here's the fans more. Obviously, social media is a main reason for that, but listens to the fans more and can't just zone it out. I'll be interested to see what happens with the Mets from here. Now, they had a tough stretch recently playing, you know, the best teams in the National League, the two best teams in baseball in 14 of 17 games. Now they've got you know, the nationals and the Marlins and the Phillies, like now they're back to like a more reasonable schedule. Like it'll be interesting to see 
if this inspires them or if it doesn't, you know, the thing with the black jerseys was, oh, well, you know, if the young guys, if the Pete Alonzo's and the Strowman's are turned for it, who cares that, you know, it's a throwback to a horrible time in mess history. If those guys are turned for it, let's let it happen. Well, they haven't fucking performed since they wear them. So like, I'll be interested to see if this is another thing that it's like, oh, this could be the thing. And the bottom line is like, to, it's the combo of things that pisses me off. If these guys were just struggling and they were getting booed and they're doing it, whatever. If they were just hurt and they come back, it's like, you guys can't stay on the field. When you're on the field, you can't perform. You're both getting paid a lot. And you're booing the fans. What? What? I don't, I just don't know what anybody expected when they came to New York. Well, you it, just it, thought you you just thought you would come here, get three hundred fourteen million dollars, play like shit, take half a season off, and no one would care. It's just a, it's it's just a, it's just a microcosm of just a disappointing and bad season. To be honest, that's what it boils down to. And I'm not I'm not even defending fans who do it. I don't even care. Like, cool. Booing fans suck. But for you to be triggered by it is kind of pathetic. I'm less like, I'm less like there's, there's a lot of Mets fans out there are like, how dare you? And I'm not like, how dare you? I'm like, how soft are you? Yeah. Well, here's a recommendation. Here's an Andy Ruther recommendation for the Mets, the Mets fans. You guys should all get together. What's what's that Twitter Cespedes barbecue? Yeah, they should, they should throw a big barbecue provided by Butcher Box, Joe Prano. They can have a giant kumbaya grill out with some of that amazing food from Butcher Box, and they can all hash out their differences in one of the parking lots outside City Field and Flushing. What do you think about that? I think it's a fantastic idea, guys. Butcher Box has. So many great options. Options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, beef, not beef, beef, free-range organic chicken, humanely raised pork, wild-caught lobster tails, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar nitrate-free bacon. Mm, getting hungry just reading that. Butcher Box is a no-brainer. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is packed fresh, ship frozen, and vacuum-sealed. So make it a... You know, it's making it uh, make it simple to store. I'm really struggling today, Joe. I'm like the I'm like Javi Baez trying to hit a changeup. Making it simple to store in the freezer and pull a delicious meal together with friends, or like I said, making uh, amends with friends and uh, teammates and fans. So luckily, today's sponsor, Butcher Box, wants to help you celebrate the rest of the summer. We're basically almost finished, guys. I think Labor Day weekend is officially the close of summer. So uh, once again, hop on board this. I love my butcher box meals. I have them sitting in the freezer. I invite over my brothers, my nephews, my nieces. We have some nice grill outs. They have been a great part of our summer getting back together um, and for us to uh, share some good moments together. So once again, butcher box wants you to enjoy the rest of summer with this Special deal. ButcherBox is giving our listeners a special offer of three pounds of chicken breast, two pounds of burgers, and one pack of hot dogs for free. 
That's that big F-R-E-E, guys. That's free. Right now, new members can get this special deal when they sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty for free chicken, burgers, and hot dogs in your first box. Okay, let's move on to a story that really had me laughing, and I know you saw it. The ESPN being duped into playing a terrible high school football game. This is one of the most weird yet funny stories I've seen in a long time in the sports world. It's weird because so many people got duped. Yes. How did the team? How did the I was it? I, I, uh, what's that? A like I, IMG, IMG Academy. Academy. Yeah. How did the IMG Academy get this team on their schedule? Well, here's the irony. I did, you know, as deep a dive as I could. IMG Academy played this team last year. They already played them and they beat them 56 to six last year. Yeah. So here's the story. You know, our high school and college football have started off and obviously ESPN hours high school football games now. And God knows why. As part of as part of the high school football kickoff, they featured IMG Academy, which has just a bunch of studs and always does. They're based out of Florida against this team called Bishop Sycamore, a charter school in Ohio, an online charter school. So as someone from Ohio, I know the big Ohio football high schools. I just obviously I've grown up here and, and like my schools run one of them. And it's just funny. Like I know all the, the stud high schools and where a lot of the guys go play D one, go on to the pros, you name it. Right. When I saw this, I'm like, who is, cause I saw this game on TV. I was like, who's Bishop Sycamore. So basically what happened, this Bishop Sycamore school, which was only founded like two or three years ago. Again, it's an online charter school claimed they had a bunch of D1 prospects, which they sent to ESPN. And ESPN did not do any of their homework, like no homework, no research. They could have just looked that they played IMG Academy last year and lost 56 to six. Or they could have looked that this school last year went 0 and 6. But they didn't. So this game was like 44 nothing by the third quarter and ESPN came out with it. And I'll play this ESPN on air openly confesses that they got duped into airing this game. It's pretty wild and funny. Here it is. Bishop Sycamore told us they had a number of division one prospects on their roster. To be frank, a lot of that we could not verify. And they did not show up in our database. They did not show up in the databases of other recruiting services. So it's okay. If that's what you're telling us, fine. That's how we take it in. From what we've seen so far, this is not a fair fight. And and there's got to be a point now, Luke, where you do worry about health and safety. I already am worried about it. I think it's (laughs) – this this could potentially be dangerous given the circumstances and the mismatch that we have here. And, um, and, and, and quite honestly, Bishop Sycamore doesn't have not only the frontline players, but they don't have the depth 
in case something were to happen to their roster with. So at this point, Joe, it's 30 to nothing with six and a half and change. But I, I like how they just go and we couldn't verify it. So we put it on TV and we figured we we'd see what happens. It's like if you couldn't verify it. And again, how much did you try if you didn't look at their record from last year? Yeah. And, and here's here's a common opponent to put things in perspective for me. So my high school won division one state last year. And there, I see there's a common opponent from last year. This Bishop Sycamore last year lost to Cleveland State Ignatius, which is a Ohio powerhouse. They lost 33 to six last year. My high school put up 62 points and won by 25 against Cleveland State Ignatius last year. So again, to put that in perspective, they get killed last year by a team that my high school killed. My high school ended up winning state. The point is th- this school is an online charter school that doesn't have any players. Yeah, I'm 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 putting like I'm not blaming this school at all. Like the idea that this school probably does have fucking, I mean, when they say they have D- division one recruits. So how many does that mean? One, two, maybe they do, you know, I'm putting this, you know, 85% on ESPN because what the fuck are you doing? And 15% on IMG. It's like, you played these guys last year. Why are you like the idea that you're scheduling this as your opener, knowing that you're in talks with ESPN to do some high school football kickoff. You you thought, oh, we'll just we'll just beat up on some online charter school on television. It's a good point. A, a school that you put up 56 points and beat by 50 points the year before. Here's another fun thing I'm reading right now. It, it kind of served to do the exact opposite, I'm sure, of what they wanted to. Oh, well, let's go on national TV and beat the shit out of some team. It's like, no, instead, it just seems like you're going with the Alabama first game of the year where you play the Citadel. You just went with your fucking cookie, you know? Get this. This Bishop Sycamore played two games within three days as well. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So they did an extra game to get on national TV. So ESPN's trying to throw their uh, a marketing group under the bus. So ESPN is really not taking any accountability. The statement from ESPN, we, we regret that this happened. They've discussed it with Parag- Paragon, which was the marketing group who set this up. We regret that this happened and have discussed it with Paragon, which secured the matchup and handles the majority of our high school event scheduling. No, they have, bullshit. They have ensured us that they will take steps to prevent this kind of situation from happening moving forward. So ESPN is trying to just wipe their hands clean. It, dude, that, this is so pathetic. By the way, I mean, you know, the bottom line is no one gives a shit. No one watched this fucking game. I agree. High school football on ESPN. No one's watching preseason football on ESPN. No one's watching the beginning of fucking, you know, no one's watching spring football on ESPN. No one watches. No one cares. It really the really the only story here is how pathetic ESPN has gotten with their just, you know, maybe don't fire every single person that works at your company and retain one person that can go, hey, uh, we should Google teams before we put them on television. Yeah. I mean, this is the equivalent of me appearing to talk about the Mets uh, thumbs down scandal as Jack Mehoff. (laughs) 
We now go to we now go to a thumbs down expert Jack Mehoff for his thoughts on the Mets thumbs down thing. As a guy who has done this thumbs down thing many a times in my life, this oh, this arm whacking movement, I can tell you as a as a gyration expert Jack Mehoff that this is unacceptable. It's like guys do a millisecond of fucking research. Well, well, I think you're right. I think to me, nobody cares about this game. Nobody's watching this game. But to me, this highlights two things. One, where ESPN is at as a company, as a brand. And two, like the age we live in. Now, did I did I get duped a few weeks ago? Yeah, sure enough. Like, let's just be honest. Let's go back to that real quick. Did I get duped about a story about Jason Kidd and I got duped pretty bad? Sure. Difference is, one, I owned it. Two, it's a podcast with a couple dudes. We're, we're talking about a, a, a multi-billion dollar network that they let this pass. I, I think I think of a, an editorial I read today. Shout out to the Wall Street Journal. But it was a great editorial talking about the age we live in with the politics from both sides and how just, but th- this is, this is the, the headline of the editorial. You are living in the golden age of stupidity. And, and, and it talks about that. And it makes me think I mean, about I think, this. I think we've known that for a little while. Like I didn't see the statement until right now that they throw the marketing group under the bus It's pathetic. And you're right. ESPN, I just don't know. I just don't think anybody, anybody that like, I just don't, who are these people? Who are these people watching this stuff? I just don't know who they are. Outside of games. I don't, I don't have it on. It's trash. It's trash. Yeah. It's all trash. But, uh, you know, shout out to uh, Bishop Sycamore getting that national National TV plug. Maybe that'll help. You should, you should get an, an English teaching job there. Just be like, I went to Harvard. <laughs> They're like, fucking great. Bishop Sycamore. Um, let's see. Let's see where it's at. Oh, it's online. It doesn't matter where it's at, does it? Yeah. It doesn't matter. An online charter school. Which isn't that, you know, that'd be a, that'd be way weirder if it happened five years ago or three years ago. I mean, post pandemic, that's not that weird of a situation to tell me, oh, this new school started. They're like, you know, for kids who go online, blah, blah, blah. Maybe they even recruited people for sports teams. But the idea that you're not going to fucking look into this, it's just pathetic by ESPN. But ESPN has been pretty pathetic for a while now. Although I'll admit, dude, I'm a bishop. Dude, I'm in a deep dive right now. I'm at their, uh, so they're outside of Columbus. I'm at I mean, their online. Uh, I know, but like I, I'm, confused. I'm on their website. It, it's pretty shady, man. Th- this reminds me of uh, there was a school in Cincinnati. God, what what did it stand for? Cape. What did it stand for? I got I got to. Uh, there, this used to be a school in Cincinnati. It was called Cape. 
and they put out some athletes and it put out some like pro athletes. It's the for Cincinnati Academy of Physical Education. Yeah. Like, like how's that a high school? Cincinnati Academy of Physical Education. And the best part was Marge Shot gave a lot of money to Cape and it was already going to be defunct. Like she gave money and they're like, dude, we're already closing like next year. So who knows what the school did with like whatever the millions of money she gave. All right. That's your dirty sports high school highlight of the week. Hey man, we worked high school into it, Joe. Yeah. But, but all jokes aside, that's, that's probably one of the wilder ones you've seen. Right. As far as just like how this happened. I mean, it's almost as crazy as, uh, Rachel Nichols being replaced by Mike Hunt on the jump. <laughs> Mike Hunt, I, sorry, he sent us a letter saying he had five Peabody's. What were we supposed to do? Check? I mean, Bear McCockiner's made a thing of this yeah. for 10 years now. Yeah. He should have been calling the game. That's what he should have been doing. I'm surprised the ESPN didn't hire Barry McCockner to just call this game. Yeah, dude. It's, it's like I said, it, it's just a testament right now of where they are as an organization, but Hey, whatever. I don't, you know, they, they, they've made these mistakes and I, and I don't feel bad for them at all. So, I saw this last night, speaking of bad decisions and bad takes. Jerry Jones is talking about Tony Romo being a first ballot all Hall of Famer. And, and I see this, and I know he's going to stick up for his guy, right? But when I see this, Joe, and, we're, and Hard Knocks is on, you, you got to think, dude, because I, I think he really believes this. If you're a Cowboys fan, this has got to make you – Realize this is the guy doing your player personnel decisions. A guy who thinks. Oh, but here, but th that's the thing. Cowboys fans love it. Cowboys fans think Tony Romo's a Hall of Famer. He's not even close. Like not no. even close. No. Like not not even like within the realm. Well, he doesn't have. He does. He has a shortened career. He doesn't have like career accolade stats. Like he doesn't have. He didn't compile big time stats. He didn't win a Super Bowl. He didn't play in a Super Bowl. How many sixteen game seasons did he play? Like just nothing fits the bill. Never in history did we discuss. Oh, there was a guy who was like top seven at his position for like three seasons, one of which he completed. And that's where we're like, what the fuck are we talking about? I'll give a shout to your boy, Fitzy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick has more all-time passing yards than Tony Romo. Of course he does. Tony Romo is 34th all-time in passing yards. 34th. I mean, it's not. Tony Romo shouldn't receive a single Hall of Fame vote. I, I agree. He's 24th all time in touchdown passes. 
the, the these current guys already have more touchdown passes than him that are playing in the NFL. Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, Roethlisberger, Rogers, Brady. I mean, it. Come on. He played twelve seasons. He started sixteen games four times. Yeah, I wouldn't give him a single vote. He started 16 games four times and 15 games twice. Otherwise, now in his years, he... But I will say, probably a couple of those, the Cowboys had a good seed, and they didn't start him the last game, probably. Okay, so 15 twice? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's my point. So half of his career... 2004, zero games started, six games played. 2005, 16 games played, zero games started. Again, like basically first two years, he doesn't play at all. He finally gets the call. He starts 10 games. Then he starts 16, 13, 16, 6, 16, 6, 15, 15, 4, 0. Like in the middle there, he, you know, by the way, in the middle of his career, so he gets the he gets the nod. Let's take that first year out where he starts 10 games. He goes 13 and 3, 8 and 5, 11 and 5, 1 and 5, 8 and 8, 8 and 8, 8 and 8, 8 and 7, 12 and 3, and then he gets benched again. You know, he gets hurt and doesn't take the job back. He led the league in completion percentage one time. He led the league in interceptions one time. He led the league in QB rating one time. Look, he was a nice player. Don't get me wrong. But he didn't stay on the field. And he won two playoff games. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. That's it, huh? In 2006, when he went 6-4. and four, In 2009. And in 2014. I wouldn't give him a single vote. I really wouldn't. Again, nothing against him. I think he was a nice player and he was on the field. He was nice. Not Hall of Famer, not even close to Hall of Famer. I bet you I mean if you I, I bet you Andy Dalton has as many Pro Bowls. Probably does. I mean, in if you go to stathead.com or whatever, they'll give you they'll just give you options for guys to do comparisons of. So they just gave me like a, a one-click option of Matthew Stafford. So Matthew Stafford, this will be his 12th year in the league. Tony Romo played 12 years in the league. I mean, in even in the per game, Stafford, more completions, more attempts, more yards, more touchdowns, point one more interceptions per game, sacked more, and more yards per attempt. Like, Matthew Stafford's significantly better than Tony Romo. Yeah. Matthew Stafford's already played more games in one less season. He's won four less games. There's 10, 11,000 more yards. I hate my tiny. Yeah. I mean, and 40 more TDs. It's like, this is a guy who played in fucking Detroit. Jerry Jones responded when asked about Romo as a Hall of Famer. 
Well, I think there's no question in my mind that Tony is skilled at a skilled level and accomplishments statistically that were there. The fact that we did not have a Super Bowl during that time is always going to be the conversation to where Tony will rank or not rank, but where he's acknowledged, what the fuck are you talking about? You're talking to a guy that he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer with me, and I don't apologize for that. Well, you should. That's a terrible cool. take. Put him in your ring of honor then. And leave the rest of the NFL out of it. Oh, it'll always be a question that he never won a Super Bowl. Well, what'll also be a question is he never played in a Super Bowl. And what'll also be a question is in his best chance, he threw fucking a pick to ice it to the Giants who go on to win the Super Bowl. He never played an NFC championship. I mean, come on here. And and to be honest, you know, you bring up Matthew Stafford, that's going to be the test now for him, right? as we look ahead because he's been on a terrible team, a terrible organization. Now he's on a good team that seems to be run very well since they came to LA. Yeah. A good coach. Right. Don't you agree? Like he, he's got a 100%, 100%. He's got to win some playoff games because he's got the pieces around him. So we'll see. Deshaun Watson. We got to talk about him for a minute. Mm-hmm. A lot of things. He's going to be traded. He's not going to be traded. He's going to be on the non-injury exempt list all season. If you're the Dolphins, they've been the hottest team as far as the rumors on Deshaun. Do you trade for him? I will say I would. I will say this much. Even if, even if Deshaun Watson didn't play for a full season, even for a full season, it's worth it because he's that good of a player and he's still that young. I mean, I think the the big question, it's 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 really not a matter of should they trade it for him or should they not trade for him? It's like, yes, absolutely, they should trade for him. And I say that with the same sentiment, yeah, even if he misses this entire year. But I also say it because I mean, I think I think the idea that Tua is the guy in Miami is just ludicrous to me. I haven't seen a single thing that makes me think he's the guy. Um, I honestly didn't really think in the limited stuff that I saw in from him at Alabama that he was anything other than, you know, big time quarterback at a big time school that's going to dominate every aspect of the game against every single opponent. And we've seen that we've seen guys from those situations fail time and time again. So the idea that, you could trade for a guy like Deshaun Watson when you're like, like the idea that you have two, it's like two or Watson. It's not even close in my opinion. Yeah. Now I've been on Twitter and I've seen the dolphins fans who are turned for Tua. It's like, first of all, Ryan Fitzpatrick should have been your quarterback all last season. And, uh, but the bottom line is what do you trade for him? You know, Am I willing to gut the future of the team to get Deshaun Watson when you don't know he'll play this year, when you don't know, you know, what's going to happen going forward? Is he going to be arrested? Will he ever play again? Like, so I would trade for him if I were them, but I would take the approach to trading for him that you're willing to take on this baggage from the Texans and the Texans have to realize they may not have this guy. That, that we're willing to take this from you. The idea that the Texans want four first rounders and 
this content. And so it's like, dude, you're not going to get it. No one's going to trade you for him. Okay. They went 10 and six last year. Flores is building a nice team. He's building a nice defense. I, I for sure, I give up three first rounders for him. I do. Deshaun Watson. But now be- they're asking, it seems like they're asking for, hey, if he doesn't play this year, we get to revoke this pick or we have our protection. This, like, that's the shit I would fight for. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be, I just looked it up. He's going to be 26 in a few weeks. 26. He's that young. Like I said, take it, take a year off. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with this stuff, but as we've said, I think ultimately people don't care. Teams don't care. And if you, and, and if you're the dolphins and you really don't care about the baggage. Well, or, we know that Dol- we know the teams don't care. It's really just a matter of, is he going to be, is this going is a legal fight going to keep him from playing? It's just a matter like, I don't wouldn't, think the wouldn't dolphins he have been charged at wouldn't, all. Wouldn't he, I mean, this stuff's been going on for six months. Wouldn't he be in charge? Bro, at this point? I have no fucking idea. I give up three first rounders for him in a heartbeat. I need I need Mac to jump back here and double down on 14 Dolphins wins because he believes in Tua. Like, I believe that that's because, you know, the fact that there were Cutler Dolphins defenders and the fact that there are, uh, you know, insane. I've seen them online. Insane Tua defenders. Oh, I saw somebody say the, the other day, they're building this team around what Tua needs fast receivers who can get separation. I was like, yeah. Oh, so they're just trying to have good receivers. Like that's every, that's just what he had at Alabama. I'm like, are you drunk? Every single team wants receivers who who can create separations. Like the number one thing that you're looking for. Well, I'll say this. They went six and three when he was a starting quarterback, but Uh, you know, you can argue that they're going to win those games with fits as well. Well, you like, would, you could, you could certainly argue that they only won one of those games because of fits. When he came in at the end, I think it was the that Raiders game. So his numbers, six and three, 1800 yards, 11 touchdowns, five interceptions, nothing, nothing crazy. Impressive. I'm definitely not sold on him yet. Like I would, I would try to make that trade work. Like is, is Tua included in that trade? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know if you can, if you can include him, because then what are you saying? If Deshaun Watson's out on this season, you're punting on this season. You can't punt on an entire year in the NFL. No, you, you can't. can't. And you can't when you went 10 and six last year and came that close yeah. to making the playoffs. But I, I, I would trade for him. I, I, again, the idea of Tua as your guy, I think is, is ridiculous. I don't think he's shown. Not that he can't. He's only started nine games. He's young. You got to give a guy a few more years. But. I don't like you said, I don't think history bodes well for the, but this the is, time you know, quarterbacks. basically here's, here's the thing. I mean, my, my team is in this situation. You know what I mean? I don't think that there's a reasonable giants fan that's sold on Daniel Jones and sold on. He's absolutely the quarterback for the next 10 years. If you asked me, do I want Deshaun Watson as my quarterback instead of Daniel Jones? A hundred percent. I do. 
100%. I will take what I know Deshaun Watson is versus the idea of what Daniel Jones could become. But at what cost? Are we giving up our next three first rounders or four first rounders? I don't know because now I don't know. Oh, we already have a lot of problems. The quarterback isn't the only problem. We can't figure out if the quarterback is or is not the problem because we have other problems that, that we now can't fix because we gave up first rounders to get Deshaun Watson, who may or may not fix the problem at quarterback because he may or may or may not play this year. So I think it's just all about at what cost, because I think at what cost, how many teams in the league have quarterbacks that are straight up better than Deshaun Watson five. Yeah. I mean, again, he, uh, he's going to be in that argument for sure. As far as like top six, top seven quarterbacks. I'm looking at the latest news on the legal stuff. And this is saying nothing. This was just written six minutes ago. Saying nothing has changed. Nothing has advanced as far as the grand jury in any legal charges. So that's still the same. There's no new advancements in that. So I don't know. He's not playing for them right now. Right. They're just holding steady with him. So, you know, the season is starts a week from Thursday. So a week from Sunday for most teams. I'll be curious. I mean, is Houston going to just pay this guy to sit all year? I have no idea. Because if he hasn't played in the preseason, they're not going to start him, I wouldn't think. Right. I I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going on down there? I don't know. But if I'm Miami, I'm uh, I'm trading for him. I'll tell you one thing I would not do with Deshaun Watson, Joe. I would not put him on my fantasy football team. That would that seems like a reckless waste of a draft pick. That would be a very ballsy pick to move. I'll tell it? you what I would do, Andy. If if you wanted to get involved in the in the Deshaun Watson fantasy, I would do it in more of like a daily fantasy thing. That way you don't have to make a decision for the whole season. Maybe week to week picking new teams when he shows up. Are there any, do they do that? Are there things where you can just like play on a week to week basis? Yeah. Get, there come is. up with like a new roster every week. You can do new lineups every day with our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel? Yeah. They got many types of game formats. They got the main slate, the single game, the best ball, the snake drafts. You can even play private contest with your friends. Dirtballs, I know you love your fantasy. Well, the good news is we are working with FanDuel all NFL season long. So start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit up to $500. So take advantage of this. Like Joe said, there are so many different formats where you can play during the NFL season. And, uh, 
I'll, we'll get to the calls here in a minute, but you know, with it being week to week and different options, you might want to take Jameis Winston one week, Joe. What do you think? I mean, he might put up yeah. some big numbers one week. Oh, I'm sure he's going to put up some big numbers. So experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at fanduel.com forward slash dirty to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's fanduel.com forward slash dirty. Age and location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Okay. Let's get to this call. We can keep it a little shorter today. Let's get to this call about Jameis. Because we discussed him last episode. Okay. What's up, Joe and Andy? Dirtball Evan here again. First off, I was not on drugs whenever I sent the 12-on-12 NFL question in. Just get out of the way. But my next statement is I need a consistent Jameis take for this season. I don't want Joe hedging saying he looked good in the preseason or you, Andy, saying he looked good in the preseason. I want a consistent Jameis take for this season. Just get it out there now. Don't hedge against it. Tell me what he's going to do this season, and we'll look at back on this in January when the season's over. All right, stay dirty. So he's basically – yeah. yeah so he, I, mean, I, I, I guess he's getting I the vibe that you and I said he played well, but we don't think he's saying we're hedging our bets to cover our I, I, I have I hedged my bets. I've I thought I was pretty clear. I mean, I've I if you go on Twitter, I'm like wagering with people. I predict Jameis Winston will be Jameis Winston this year. Jameis Winston will throw for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. He'll turn over the ball a lot. By the way, just as a reminder, no uh leading passer in NFL history has ever won a Super Bowl. I predict Jameis Winston will be benched in a at least one game in favor of some quarterback on the Saints, whether that be Taysom Hill or Chase Daniel or Ian Book or whoever the fuck is the backup quarterback. Like I predict Jameis Winston will be a healthy removal from a Saints game this season for production. I think Jameis Winston will, I mean, do I think the Saints will make the playoffs? Potentially, but I wouldn't bet on it. I'm leaning toward the Saints do not make the playoffs with Jameis Winston. And I will predict that if they do make the playoffs with Jameis Winston, that he does not win a playoff game. Is I feel like that's a pretty solid, concrete take. Okay, here's my take. I'm, I'm ready to toss out some things. I, I agree. I think he will be benched. We agree in that part. He will be benched at some point, whether that's middle of a game, the next game, whatever. I just think he'll be benched because of his poor performance. I'm going to go and on I rec- think, by, by the way, I think that that's a, that is a considering the coaching situation there and considering their quarterback history, the idea that Jameis – like I, I, I don't want the I don't want the he sh- who shall not be named takes coming out here. Oh, well, he was taken out of a game and we don't know what happened. And then he started the next game. So he wasn't really benched. I believe he will be taken out of a game for performance. Does he start 16 games? Maybe, maybe. But I believe he will be benched in a game 
or to start a game for performance. I'll take it one step further. I'll give you some concrete just vicinities I think he'll do. I think I think he throws for about 4,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, 15 to 17 interceptions. So, so he'll, he'll get his touchdown passes. I'm going to say 25. I'm not, I'm not on record to say 30. I, I think Sean Payton might dial it back a little for him, not let him sling it like he was doing in Tampa Bay. But he's still going to throw a lot of picks. And how many times are we going to say you, you cannot throw a lot of interceptions in the 2021 NFL? You just can't. Or fumble the ball. You just can't. Look, look at the difference in Russell Wilson the first for second half. He's throwing too many picks, turning the ball over. Team, the team wasn't as good. Like you just you you cannot turn the ball over as a quarterback. And if his ratio, I mean, at this point, you got to have about a two to one ratio at least. Touchdown at interception. Least. Yeah. At least, at least two to one. And, and I'm going on record saying he's not. It's gonna stick. It's going to stick to the one and a half to one. I just don't think he's good enough. And he's going to make, like you said, he could, he could have those games where he just implodes. No and has one's a, questioned his talent. It's a, it's a ever. Yeah. It's the, it's the lack of yeah. fucking, you know, brains. It's the lack of leadership. It's the recklessness. It's the attitude. It's the fucking excuses. Hey, the, the last year he didn't have fucking glasses. Well, dude, you're 25 years old. How do you not know you need fucking glasses? This is now like a, this is now like a, 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 a an excuse for making four Jameis. You spent a quarter of a century on earth, not knowing you couldn't see. <laughs> this is an excuse for Jameis. Yeah. Exactly. Dude, if you got eye pro eye problems, fix your eyes, get contacts, get glasses, get LASIK. I didn't know that when somebody told me I could steal from a store, that it didn't mean that it was then legal to steal from a store. What? <laughs> you took shit without paying for it. You stole it. What are we talking about? I predict Jameis Winston will get benched at some point this season in mid game or to start a game. I predict that the saints will not win a playoff game with Jameis Winston. If they make the playoffs, I'm going to go one step further. I don't I'm not think... going to make, I'm not going to make yardage or touchdown predictions because I think that there's just as good a chance that Jameis gets benched halfway through the season and starts seven games as there is that Jameis, Starts 16 games, 17 games. Well, I'm making those predictions. You know, I'm, you know, they're, they're loose. I'm saying around 4,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, 17, 18 interceptions. Those are loose predictions that he is going to play most of the year just because I don't think they have better options. I just don't think Taysom Hill is a better option. Jameis should if be anybody, the starter. By the way, if anybody out there is a team Jameis stand and wants to bet, 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns in a playoff win. I am at Joe Prano on Venmo. Yeah, I, I would take that bet in a heartbeat too. I don't think they win the playoff. I don't think they make the playoffs. I just don't. I'm going to say right now, 
on record, the Saints with Jameis Winston as their quarterback are not going to make the playoffs. I just, I don't trust him. I don't trust him in big moments. He hasn't shown in five years that he can do it. I mean, think about it. If we talk about other guys right now in the first five years, I mean, there's still a lot of que- people. People still question Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. This guy won an MVP. I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I'm just saying people are still questioning Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. And now you got these Jameis stands thinking suddenly he's he fixed everything. He fixed years of reckless decisions on and off the field. And again, listen, this is the reasoning for me judging guys when when you get the when you get the control group like way of of measuring guys when you get the Cavs before and after LeBron the Heat before and after LeBron the Lakers before and after LeBron the Patriots with Brady versus when Brady was hurt the the Colts before and after Peyton Manning it's like we have this we see this has been the, my justification in my Peyton versus Brady argument the whole time. Peyton Manning goes down. The Colts lose every single game and get Andrew Luck. Brady goes down. The Patriots go 11 and five. Jameis leaves. The Bucks win the Super Bowl. The idea that Jameis makes your team better is insane. <laughs> Certainly, by the way, we've seen it. Jameis replaced by an over 40 sure thing Hall of Famer. They get better. So now Jameis replaces an over 40 sure thing Hall of Famer. He makes them better. I don't think anyone's saying that. Well, if you're if you're saying that they win a playoff game. This year, if you're saying they win the division this year, then you're saying he makes them better, right? Well, they won the division last year. They just didn't win a playoff game. Right. Yeah, no way. All right. Hopefully we define that enough for you. 310-359-8365. is the hotline. Okay, let's get to another call. What's going on, boys? Kyle Aronofsky calling back once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the 1998 Little League World Series champions. My boys were just uh, recently uh, eliminated from from, uh, Williamsport. I almost said Cooperstown again by uh, Texas. Uh, That's not the reason for the call, though. My girlfriend was just talking to me about Christmas music, and how she wants to. She's listening to Christmas music now. I know a lot of people like the Mariah Carey and shit, but what's your opinion on Christmas music? I know Joe Prano has a great uh, playlist on Apple Music that I actually have. And what's your Christmas song that you can listen to any time of year? Mine, so easy. Not going to surprise you guys. Santa Claus is coming to town by the Boss, Bruce Springsteen, the Goat. Uh, that's it. Christmas music. What's the uh, What's your opinion on it, and what is the song that you can listen to anytime? Uh, condoms are for a minute rule, but this is exactly a minute, motherfucker. Um, my opinion on Christmas music is I'm not the world's biggest Christmas music guy. 
I did put together a Christmas playlist, like Kyle said, that I think is a little bit, I mean, there's some, there's certainly some Christmas classics on there, but it's also off a little, a few off the beaten path, um, Christmas jams. Um, but there's not a ton of songs of Christmas songs that I could hear all year round and be happy about it. Um, Alone on Christmas Day, which is a Phoenix song that appeared in the Bill Murray, A Very Murray Christmas, is a pretty, that leads off my Christmas playlist and is a pretty fucking good jam. That and Blue Christmas, because it's depressing as shit and Christmas tends to be pretty depressing time of year for me personally, uh, are probably the two that I could listen to all year round. And then Linus and Lucy, which is from a Peanuts Christmas, is just a great tune. It's not really, it's, I mean, it's a, a instrumental piano song, so it's not even really especially Christmassy. If I hear that any time of year, it makes me think of Christmas, but it's a pretty good song. So I guess those would be the three that I could maybe hear. Not a huge Christmas music fan, but I listen to it around Christmas. I mean, you Mariah, all I want for Christmas. I mean, that's, you can listen to that anytime. I can. I could. Like if they put that at a bar and girls start dancing, I, I Springsteen's is good is up there as well. Yeah. Like those two, I can't really listen to Christmas music outside of Christmas. In fact, I think it's kind of offensive. Now those two. Yeah. Like at the bar, but like, like I, I'm pretty specific on Christmas music. Like, you, like I like to start the month of December you can you can go you can go the whole month of December. I'll give you that. You can go basically up to New Year's Day, and then put the kibosh on that. Let's not overdo it. It's the same way with the lights. We, we can't be overdoing it. Like I, I like Christmas music when it's the time. I like when it, it's the cold weather, the snow. It's nice, but I think I think of that Mariah song. I don't know. You probably don't remember I, when we were in Chicago with all the dirt balls a few years ago that came on one of the bars and everybody was going crazy. Yeah. I think at that point. Uh, I'm going to forget his name. Gino from Reno was uh, face planted in a toilet yeah. or something. But uh, yeah, I think of that, that song. So I don't know, man. Christmas music, like, like it's almost weird to even talk about it when it's not even Christmas time. Like, yeah. I, like, like to me, this is reserved for the holiday season. But I mean, I guess, you know, that that's the point of Kyle, Kyle's call, you know? Yeah. Not feel you. Give us a ring. 310-359-8365. DM us. Anybody want to take these Jameis Winston bets at the Dirty Sports on Twitter and Instagram? Drop a podcast review on Apple. I'll send you koozies. I found more koozies there. I didn't even know they were here. I'm trying to get rid of them. So just leave a review and I'll send you some koozies. And uh, if I owe you koozies, my apologies on the wait. I'll check my DMs and I'll follow up with all the people on there. And you can DM me at Andy Ruther. Uh, at Joe Prano on all social media, except for Twitter at Fix Your Life. Um, been booking a bunch of shows here in the Los Angeles slash Southern California area from Santa Barbara down to San Diego and all points in between go to joeprano.com for shows or 
probably the best thing since I put all my flyers and stuff is follow me on Instagram where I put my flyers. Still planning on being in New Orleans for Giants versus Jameis and four shows at Comedy House New Orleans on October 1st and October 2nd. Uh, God willing that the lights are back on and they're the whole city's not underwater. So, um, you know, NOLA is a pretty strong city. I imagine that they'll be back in business uh, by early October. So if you're down that way, uh, you know, come support, uh, you know, a city that could probably use uh, a tourism bump after these last few days. Uh, come down to see me at Comedy House New Orleans. That uh, link for tickets is in most, if not all, of my social media bios. So do that. Yeah. So hopefully... Hopefully things don't get too much worse down there. Um, I know like a million people don't have power right now. So if not more, so it's that shitty. So if, you're, if you're listening to this a few days late, cause you just got your power back on. If you're in new Orleans, you just got your power back on. Just know I'll be there in a couple of weeks. Yeah. This time of year is always rough hurricane season. All right, guys, we'll uh, stay safe out there. And we'll be back on Thursday. It'll officially be September. Have a lovely start to your week. Much appreciation for the support. And as always, stay dirty.